0: good morning everyone my name is bobby b and i am your host for around the diamond i'm so excited to be here with you guys and uh not sure if you guys have heard of our uh, other podcast with big j and i called smack talk i'm sure a few of you have tuned in over there or coming over here to check out our or check out my baseball podcast uh thank you for joining i'm so glad you made it over here um this show is going to be a baseball only show. So I'm warning you now before you listen any longer, you got to love baseball. You got to live it, got to die it. It's got to be in your blood. If you're going to be listening to uh, the Around the Diamond podcast, I'm again, I'm thrilled to have you guys with me. I I hope this turns out to be everything and everything that I've imagined I've been involved watching baseball, being a part of baseball for 40 40 years of my life. I'm 41 now, and I think I uh, was pretty much born into it. Our show, or I keep saying our show, forgetting that this is a solo show now, Uh, my show, Around the Diamond, we're going to do a lot of uh, interesting, fun, different segments on our show, Today's show is more of an introduction show. We're not going to go too deep into uh some of the things we're going to be doing on our show starting on on Friday. Our, by the way, our shows are going to be dropped uh, our pod, my podcast are going to be dropped on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um we're going to have different segments. Uh we're going to have this date or this week in baseball history. We're going to have baseball trivia. We're going to have a social media segment each show starting on Friday where you, the listener can get involved. Eventually we'll be taking some phone calls. Another thing that I plan on doing is having interviews, different people around the game of baseball Uh, could be someone who's an announcer could be a former player could be somebody who works with an organization behind the scenes, but we're definitely going to have some interviews with different, different people that are involved in major league baseball. So we can bring you the best content of any podcast out there. Uh, You know, there's a lot of podcasts, obviously, you can find podcasts anywhere. There's thousands and thousands and thousands that talk about sports, that talk about baseball. And when I was thinking of the idea of putting a baseball only podcast together, the first thing that I was asked was, how are you going to be different from the thousands of other podcasts so that you know that I'll I'll be unique and that I'll be able to get listeners from all over the nation all over the world to tune in. And that was a really really good question and it took me a few days and I think even now I'm still thinking about uh all the different things of how we're going to be different and I want to be honest with you. It's not really that I'm going to be different. I'm not going to promise you that our show is not going to have some things that you may hear in a different podcast. I'm sure there will be several similarities, but what I can promise you from the bottom of my heart, sports and especially baseball is a lifelong passion of mine. And I will give this podcast 100% of everything I've got. And I will put everything I can into making this podcast great and to, and to make it great for you. It doesn't do anything for me to sit here and talk to myself if I don't have anybody listening. So I'm doing this besides the passion and love I have for the game of baseball. I'm doing this for you. I I want you guys to have an hour or two each week to get some baseball, gain some baseball knowledge, maybe fall back in love with the game. I mean, there, there there's so many different types of baseball fans and we're going to talk about that a little bit on the show. Uh, You take a look right now, you know, baseball games have gone long. Remember back in the eighties and nineties, the games were two hours, 15 minutes, two and a half hours. I mean, a long game would be a three hour game. And that usually meant a ton of pitching changes and probably a 10 to nine type of score. You can go to a baseball game now and the finals two to one, and it took three and a half hours. And I want to talk on this show about things that, that I think baseball can do to make the game better things that baseball can do to make the game move along. Obviously I don't, I I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I know that when I go to a baseball game, I don't go to a game thinking, Oh man, it's gonna go three and a half or four hours. What am I gonna do, you know, for all that time because it's boring? I don't look at that. I've always been the guy that says the longer the game, the better, more bang for my buck, uh, more entertainment value. Uh, you know, I don't want to get to a game at seven o'clock and have it end at nine o'clock. But I also understand that, you know, children don't quite have, and teenagers don't have that attention span that us older baseball folks have, and you got to you know, while keeping and maintaining tradition you also have to be progressive and look at your surroundings look at your viewership uh look at what type of viewership you're having what have we what has baseball lost over the last you know 10 to 20 years what has baseball gained over the last 10 or 20 years when it comes to viewership and start to market your game to A towards the people that are watching, but B market it to that lost age group. You know, in the eighties, when I grew up, everybody played baseball. If they were a, a elementary school kid or a teenager, everybody knew the Dodgers lineup growing up. Everybody knew how great the Yankees were. And, you know, just, I can tell you myself playing on a soccer team when I was eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, if someone if a parent or someone had extra baseball tickets and you know let's say the coach or parent says hey you know uh, one of the games we've got you know four tickets for the Dodgers game or the Angels game uh, we can't make it we, we you know we have another engagement would anybody like the tickets oh my gosh I mean the kids we'd be fighting each other on the field throwing our hands up in the air saying yeah I want them I want him come on mom dad come on I want to go mom dad now, in this generation currently, you go tell an eight, nine, ten-year-old kid that you know we you've got free tickets to a baseball game, and they look at you and they go, "Huh, baseball? Eh, that's boring. I'd rather play my Minecraft on uh, the iPad." And that's what this <laughs> this new uh, society of young people that that's what it's coming down to. And I would like this show to be a part of changing that and bringing the fun back from, you know, the fun back to the kids and the teenagers for the game of baseball. And you know what? There's a lot of adults, same thing. They used to go to 50, 60 games a year. Now maybe they go to two or three and it's a corporate event. They're not into it as much anymore. I want the casual fan to tune into the show and, and realize that that passion and that love for baseball is still deep down in their soul. And maybe this show will help bring that back out. And um, that's just one of the things I would like to accomplish on this show. Besides the usual going over the statistics, going over what, you know, what teams are doing, what, what players are doing, what we're going to talk some analytics on the show. We're going to do all that fun stuff. But uh, again, my main goal here, at least, early on is to bring you guys back the the, the fans that are kind of on the fence about baseball, but you've decided to tune into my podcast. I want to be different in that kind of way and not bore you and, and get you excited for that game of baseball again. So that is a a little, a little something I wanted to talk about. Um, One of the other things I want to bring up, speaking of interest and passion of baseball Uh, I'm going to have a special guest on. He's a big baseball fan. Um, He has been to some very, very special baseball games over the span of his life. And uh, he's going to talk to us about the 1984 San Diego Padre playoffs and some games and special moments that he had and attended at that particular game. I will likely have him on our next podcast, which will be on Friday but that'll be a really fun show for uh, all of you guys out there to maybe relive the 1984 San Diego Padre playoff run. And each show I'm going to share some of my memories with the audience as well, with you guys to kind of just let you know why I'm such a big baseball fan what what great things I've seen, what terrible things I've seen. I'm sure we can talk for hours and hours on a podcast, on these podcasts, on on the different games I've been to. But uh, that's just one of the things I want to do on this show is I want to get be interactive with you, the listener. I would love to hear from you guys on our social media segments. And I would love for you guys to be able to call in and share your stories. Um, you know, if you're 10 years old and... Your your big story was getting to watch the Dodgers win the World Series on TV last year during the pandemic or you're 90 years old. And, you know, your your first World Series was back uh, in Brooklyn, New York. And maybe you're a Dodger fan or you you remember the Angels playing in at Wrigley Field in in uh, Los Angeles back in the late 50s and early 60s. Back when they were uh, before that, they were the in the Pacific Coast League um the Hollywood Stars before they became the Los Angeles Angels. I'd love to hear from you if you were a long-suffering Chicago Cubs fan that uh, you know, they hadn't won since 1908. And here they are. They finally a hundred years later, over a hundred years later, win a World Series title. I'd love to hear from the Boston Red Sox fans. All those years you went without winning, and then finally the last decade having multiple championships. Uh, I'd like to hear what kind of excitement that was for you. What kind of pain was it all those years leading up to finally winning? Um, And uh, also would love to talk about uh, baseball expansion. That's something um, that I'd like to talk about. Do you guys think there are some other cities that are deserving of a baseball team? Do you think that baseball is too saturated and we should cut back from a couple cities? That's been an argument that I've heard people talk about, you know, why does Florida have a team? Why does Tampa have a team? And I was talking about Florida, the the Miami Marlins. Why does Tampa have a team? Nobody goes to the games. You know, you look at some of the attendance figures and you wonder, how are these teams even making it in these cities? Um, Should they have a team? So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, There's just so much we're going to get into. And I think as this show grows, I will grow and we will all grow together. And that's kind of what I, the premises of this show is you guys are a part of the show you guys are the show and that's one of the the things I thought about when I was asked that question how can I be different from all the other podcasts well again I haven't listened to all the other podcasts I've heard a few I I pretty much know what the you know the main guts are of these, of these shows and what they talk about. And again, we are going to talk about a lot of the same stuff. Hopefully I will bring it to you in a different light, a more exciting way, a more interesting way. But the best thing, like I said, is getting you involved. I want you guys to direct the way that this show goes and we're going to build it together. And as long as you guys are on board and listening and willing to participate, then I will be here bringing you this show twice a week for the foreseeable future. I hope that we're going to be around for a very, very long time. With that said, I want to get into a little bit of, of how, We're going to talk about baseball and what some of our main focuses are going to be when I do our baseball reports and uh, some of the questions I've been asked on social media. Am I going to be focusing on just one team? Is this going to be only a Southern California baseball show? Basically people are asking what, what am I, what, what group of people am I trying to reach? And to be, to be honest with you, I want to reach as many people as I can. I want this to be a worldwide show, but let's be honest. We are based in Southern California and the majority of my listeners early on are going to be Southern California listeners, probably coming from one of our other, uh, our Smack Talk show that we have on the uh, Smack, Spax Morts Incorporated Network. Um, So to answer that question, I am going to talk about every single baseball team. They may not all get mentioned every, every episode, but I will cover all the baseball teams. There will be at least a segment every show where we let you know what's going on in the standings. And we, you know, I'm sure everybody at some point will get a mention, but the focus will be on the California teams and specifically the Dodgers, the angels, and the Padres, as we are a Southern California based. I am a Southern California based show, but I will be doing a ton of, a ton of reporting on the Oakland athletics and the San Francisco giants. We are going to have a Southern California baseball report on our show where we spend a few minutes each episode on the angels, on the Dodgers, on the Padres. Um, So we're going to, we're going to spread it around again. We're going to be a little heavier on the California teams, especially Southern California. But again, we're not going to leave the Kansas city Royal fans out. We're not going to leave the Texas Ranger fans out. I'm not going to leave the New York Mets fans out the Toronto uh, Blue Jay fans out. Those of you up in Washington, the Seattle Mariner fans, not going to leave you out. We're going to include all of you guys and, um, in fact, one of the things we're going to start today is our 2021 MLB team previews. So what I'm going to do starting today is we're and we're going to start with in the um, we're going to start with the Eastern Divisions, the American League East and then the National League East, and then we're going to do the American League Central, the National League Central, and then we're going to do the American League West and the National League West we will probably take up about two or three episodes getting through all this. And then on our final episode, which will be right before opening day, I will make my predictions on this year's final standings. We will also take a look at some other sports writers predictions and what they're predicting. Uh, Some of the writers from ESPN and CBS sports line. Also, we'll take a look at the analytics and see what analytics is predicting for this season but nevertheless um, I will be coming up with my predictions on the final episode before opening day. We're also going to have a guest on between now and opening day that is going to be making his predictions on the 2021 season. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of work, a lot of talking, hopefully won't bore you. I really want to, I really want you guys to be interested in this show and tune back in. And again, please send us a message or send me a message on social media. If there's something that I'm leaving out, if there's something you would like to see in the show, you know, please shoot a, shoot me a message and and throw out that idea to me. I am completely open to listening to new and progressive ideas to make this show the best it can be and the most entertaining it can be. For you guys, with that said, I'm going to start the 2021 baseball preview show, and we're going to start with the exciting, the lowly Baltimore Orioles. So with the Baltimore Orioles, we're going to take a look, uh, actually with all the teams, we're going to take a look at. Again, this is injury free. This is based off of, of what the roster should look like after spring training and kind of go from there. Obviously some of these can change over the time of, uh, you know, between now and opening day with injuries, COVID and whatnot, but I'm going to go over the lineups of the teams and with some of the teams we'll do a little bit of talking a little more about certain players. Yeah. It really just depends on the team and what, uh, what's going on with that team. But uh, anyhow, we're going to start with the Baltimore Orioles and uh, their projected lineup this year. And uh, this is not in, in any particular uh, order. I'm just, just giving you the positions Uh, in center field. The Baltimore Orioles are expecting Cedric Mullins to be their center fielder in right field. uh, Anthony Santander. I, I like that guy a lot. We'll talk about him in a second. Their DH is expected to be Trey Mancini. First base will be Ryan, and I hope I got this name right, Ryan Mountcastle. Left field, Austin Hayes. Catcher, Pedro Severino. Third baseman, Rio Ruiz. Shortstop, Freddie Galvis. And a second base, it'll be Yolmer Sanchez. Uh, Baltimore Orioles have four expected switch hitters in their lineup. Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, Freddie Galvis, and Yolomir Sanchez are all switch hitters. On the bench, the Baltimore Orioles are expecting to have backup catcher Chance Sisko, first baseman and very overpaid Chris Davis, outfielder DJ Stewart, infielder Richie Martin, and infielder Pat Valaika. The rotation for the Baltimore Orioles, John Means, Keegan Aiken, Dean Kramer, Jorge Lopez, and Bruce Zimmerman. I gotta be honest with you guys, after John Means, I don't know a lot about that rotation. A lot of young arms. Uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lean year for the Baltimore Orioles. I can tell you that looking at their uh at their starting pitching. Their bullpen and uh th- Their bullpen will have Cesar Valdez, Travis Lakin, Sr., Sean Armstrong, Dylan Tate, Paul Fry, Tanner Scott, and the expected closer is Hunter Harvey. And exactly, you hear these names and you just, you really don't know who any of these guys are. So it's going to be an interesting season, to say the least, for the Baltimore Orioles. Young, they could be real exciting. Uh, Talking about one of their young and upcoming players, um right now he's got a bench spot but who knows he could be in the starting lineup and that would be Pat Vallecha. Um he made starts in all four infield positions and in left field last year. He also made an appearance in right. He was a super true he a super a true super utility guy. I couldn't get the words out. Um and to be honest with you he was really underrated when it came to hitting in the clutch last year Valleca hit eight home runs seven of the eight came in the seventh inning or later not sure if you know this or not but that tied for the most in the major leagues and remember this was done in a 60 game season um so this kid Pat Valeka um uh, not a bad guy to have up with runners on base late in the game um. He'll be a great, great bench player with those kind of numbers. If he's not in the project, he's not in our projected starting lineup, but uh, could be a fun, fun bat to see come off the bench late in the game. So remember that name, Pat Vileka. When it comes to homegrown talent, how about the left-hander Bruce Zimmerman? He is the 12th. He became the 12th Marylander to start for the Oilers. The Orioles, not the Oilers, we're not talking hockey. Uh, he made his major debut on September 17th against the Tampa Bay Rays. Zimmerman is a Baltimore native who joined Evan Phillips, Dave Johnson, Steve Johnson, Ryan Messenger, Tom Phobus, Steve Barber, Jack Fisher, Dave Boswell, Bruce Howard, John Miller, and Ray Moore on the list of locals who have uh, pitched or made their major league debut, I should say, for the Baltimore Orioles. So that'll be fun to see him. And then we're going to talk about a colossal bust. And as I mentioned him earlier, first baseman, Chris Davis. Chris Davis signed a franchise record $161 million contract in January of 2016. He hit 409 with a 559 on base, two doubles, three homers, nine RBIs, and 10 walks in 12 exhibition games after signing that contract. Obviously his the hopes were high. He went on the injured list twice that year and then he appeared in only 16 games and went six for 52 with a 115 batting average and just one RBI. Davis has never been the same. He has lost the power. He has lost the walkability. Uh, basically, Chris Davis wouldn't be on a major league roster right now if it wasn't for the $161 million that he is, uh, well, not owed, but that was under the uh, contract that he signed. So Chris Davis definitely handcuffing this Baltimore Oriole organization. Um, we'll talk about the Baltimore Orioles and where I have them picked when it comes to the final standings, when we get to that on the final day before opening day. And I will now move on to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, The Red Sox are coming off a terrible, terrible season, but Alex Cora's back. Alex Cora got a lot out of these Red Sox. Will he be able to do the same now with a little bit of a little bit of change in their, in their, uh, lineup and and the way they go about things. We'll have to see one of the new names they got was Hunter Renfro Renfro. A guy doesn't hit much for average, but he hits a lot when it comes to home runs. Um, Hunter Renfro has a chance to be one of the starting uh, one of the starting outfielders this year for the Boston Red Sox. And with that short porch and left field and that right-handed power that Renfro has, you could be looking at a 30 to 40 home run season for Hunter uh, if he is getting regular at bats. So we'll have to see if, if that happens. Right now, the projected lineup for the Boston Red Sox would be center fielder Alex Verdugo third baseman Rafael Devers, shortstop Xander Bogarts, the DHJD Martinez, left field Hunter Renfro, first base Bobby Dalbick, catcher Christian Vasquez, right fielder Franchi Cordero, and second baseman, uh, he may be playing every day, is Kike uh, Hernandez, who came over from the LA Dodgers. On the bench, they're going to have Morwin Gonzalez, which I think is a great pickup. I think you're going to get a little bounce back year from him. Michael Chavez, Kevin Plawecki, Christian Arroyo, and Marcus Wilson in the rotation for the Red Sox. Uh, not quite the rotation they've had in years past. Uh, the uh, the probably the ace is going to be Eduardo Rodriguez, who missed last year. Uh, Nathan Ivaldi, Martin Perez, former Angel and Padre Garrett Richards. Tanner Huck, and then a wild card, depending on uh, how his elbow recovers from Tommy John. I wouldn't expect to see him this year, at least not until late in the year. And that would be Chris Sale. The Boston Red Sox bullpen would be Nick Pavetta, Phillips Valdez, Ryan Brazier, Josh Taylor, Darwinson Hernandez, Adam Adovino and the closer is expected to be Matt Barnes. If you're thinking fantasy, because we are going to talk about fantasy baseball in this show as well, once we get the season uh, going a little bit, Uh, Matt Barnes, the closer for the Red Sox, could be a sneaky late pick if you're in a league that's looking for, you're looking for a closer, maybe you need one last closer. Um, I think the Red Sox are going to be a little better than a lot of the projections have them at. Uh, I think the NL East, uh, excuse me, the AL East is pretty, pretty jam-packed with good teams though. You got the Yankees, you've got the Toronto Blue Jays. You still have the Tampa Bay uh, Rays. I don't care who they get rid of. They find ways to be above 500 and be good every single season. So I don't count them out. We'll have to see. Um, And then we're going to take a little segment here on the Boston Red Sox. We're going to call it taken out the trash. If there's one question that hung over Alex Cora's suspension, it was this. If banging on a trash can could steal signs work so well when he was Astros bench, bench coach, why didn't he bring the system to Boston? People were starting to talk about what was going on around the league, Cora said, and Cora said it wasn't worth it. So Cora, take out the trash. We get it out of the dugout. Just coach and, you know, manage your team. And uh, let's do it fairly. No cheating. You don't need it. There's a ton of talent on this team. That Boston lineup is still a very good lineup. Not so sure about the pitching. There are a lot of holes in the pitching, but uh, nevertheless, the Boston Red Sox should score a lot of runs. Alex just managed the team. (laughs) On to our next preview. We're going to go to the New York Yankees. That's always a fun one to talk about. So the New York Yankees, uh, (laughs) they got a lineup, don't they? DJ LeMahieu at second base, Aaron Judge in right field, Aaron Hicks in center field, Giancarlo Stanton as the DH, Luke Voigt as a first baseman, Glaber Torres at shortstop, Clint Frazier in left field, Gio Urshela at third base, and, of course, the light-hitting... I don't know. What did he bat last year? 085 or something like that, but he can hit the home runs. Gary Sanchez. On the Yankee bench, it's Brett Gardner, who re signed for another year. Thyro Estrada, who's an infielder. Mike Ford, who can play first base. Mike Talkman, who can play any of the outfield positions. And then the backup catcher is Kyle Higashioka. And that, my friends, is where I'm worried about the New York Yankees. Gary Sanchez really has to bounce back this year and, and be at least a serviceable hitter. I don't really see the Yankees having much of a backup at this point for Gary Sanchez. Looking at their rotation, Garrett Cole obviously will be leading it off as the opening day starter. And then the big one that I love and guys, if he's available in the late rounds in your fantasy league, I'm picking a big year from this guy, Corey Kluber. I really, really think he's back to health, and he is going to put up a tremendous season. You take a look at the run support he'll probably get from the Yankees, and I see a lot of wins coming from Corey Kluber. Uh, Jameson Talion who they got from the Pittsburgh Pirates in a trade, Jordan Montgomery, and D.V. Garcia. And then another wild card, again, depending on the recovery of uh, Tommy John surgery, Luis Severino in the Yankees bullpen. It's uh, Domingo Herman, who, by the way, could also be one of the starters. He did start last year. Jonathan Lo, Lo-, Lo- Luis Sessa, Justin Wilson, Darren O'Day, Chad Green, uh, the injured Zach Britton probably won't be back until sometime in May. And then closer Aroldis Chapman. I'm not in love with the Yankee bullpen. I think it's it's okay, but not great. Um, we'll have to see how that plays out in their bullpen, especially with the injury here early on to Zach Britton. But uh, I do love the uh, the Yankees lineup. And Luke Voigt, he used the coronavirus shutdown to trip to trim down his bulky physique. He shedded 13 pounds from his 255 pound frame. He started every weightlifting session with a mile, a mile and a half run. He's increased his cardiovascular exercises. He is stuck to a low carb diet. He's eliminating nighttime snacking and what he calls cheat meals on weekends. And he basically said he wants to be really clean a little bit quicker this year. And he said so far it's worked out really well. So uh, Luke Voigt, love the guy big power hitting first baseman he should have another fabulous season in New York and then taking a look at uh Aaron Hicks how about Hicks you know you don't hear a lot about him 379 on base percentage it was a career high Hicks is tied for fifth in the majors in walks with 41 last year and was the only al player with more than 40 walks and fewer than 40 strikeouts um fortunate unfortunately for him he only hit 225. Uh, uh, analytics show that that was bad luck, uh, based on the balls and play where he hit him, how hard he hit him. Uh, analytics says he should have hit 292. So he's a guy that you may get a big jump from this year if you're thinking about him in fantasy sports. Uh, Aaron Hicks, uh, he's projected to hit around 290 this year, continuing that great uh, walk to strikeout ratio. Expect Aaron to have somewhere between a 380 and a 400, maybe even a 410 on base percentage um top 5 top 10 in the league if he stays healthy so that'll be important for Aaron Hicks. So we'll have to see what happens when it comes to the New York Yankees. Um some some have him to win 100 games this year, others have the Yankees to be in the mid 80s to low 90s. A lot of it has to do with health. So I'll make my prediction on the Yankees in just a couple weeks. We're gonna move on. We're gonna do two more teams today. We're gonna to, we're gonna wipe out the AL East today before we end the episode. We're gonna to go to the Tampa Bay Rays. And Tampa Bay, boy, they got a they got a whole new team this year. Taking a look at, at their lineup. In right field, Austin Meadows. Second baseman, Brandon Lowe, left fielder Randy Reyna, first baseman G Man Choi, third baseman Joey Wendell, DH Yoshi Tatsugo. Shortstop, Willie Adamus, center fielder Kevin Kiermeyer, and catcher Mike Zanino. On the bench will be Brett Phillips, Manuel Margot, Francisco Mejia, the backup catcher, Yandy Diaz, and Mike Brasso. You may see Manny Margot, and you may see Francisco Mejia get a lot more playing time in the regular part of the lineup. Uh, when it comes to Mejia, it's going to really come down to if he can start hitting Major League Major league pitching, and for Manuel Margot, uh, he's coming off a great year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Margot does make it into the lineup. Right now, they're not projecting that, but uh, he certainly certainly has a chance. And taking a look at the rotation, you know, it's pretty amazing that they they let they let go in free agency of Charlie Morton. They traded Blake Snell to San Diego, and they still have in their rotation Tyler Glass now, Ryan Yarbrough. Uh, they brought in Michael Waka, they brought in Rich Hill, and they also brought back Chris Archer. Chris Archer thrived in Tampa Bay. He never was the same after leaving Tampa Bay. So you gotta wonder if a return to Tampa Bay will re energize Chris Archer and bring him back to his um, above average level of pitching. Nevertheless, if these guys stay healthy, there's obviously glass glass now and Yarbrow are uh, two top of the you know they're they're top of the rotation pitchers. Yeah, you look at Archer and Waka, they're probably number number fours at this point of their career. Rich Hill, number four, number five. But we just saw Rich Hill with the Dodgers just a couple of years ago. The guy can still bring it when he's healthy. He can still throw zeros up there for six, seven innings. Um I kind of like this rotation for Tampa Bay and I think it's really underrated. I also like their lineup. I think their lineup is a little bit underrated. The best part of uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Rays team as their bullpen. They have Ryan Thompson, Ryan Sheriff, Peter Fairbanks, John Curtis, Diego, Diego Castillo, closer, Nick Anderson. If they end up using him as closer, they can also put Ryan, Ryan Yarbrough in the bullpen. um, If he's not starting the, the Rays are stacked when it comes to arms. It's amazing that they can get rid of a couple and still have all that talent on the team. Um, we're gonna give the Iron Man award to reliever John Curtis. Uh, he he welcomed his opportunity with the Rays and said he would do whatever he was asked. That includes striking out the side in the ninth to get a save on September 25th against the Phillies and then starting the next day. Uh, only seven pitchers have had such duty with no days off between games. So he's a he's a trooper there and then we're going to talk uh, about rising to the occasion only four rookies have been voted MVP for uh, of a league championship series and the rays now have two of them newly signed pitcher michael waka won the award in 2013 for the cardinals against the la dodgers and a won the honors last year in 2020 versus houston and the other two if you remember were Levon hernandez in 1997 against the florida marlins and mike bodicker or Bowdicker for the 1983 Baltimore Orioles. Uh, one other thing we're going to look at at their lineup. How about the left swinging, lefty swinging first baseman G. Choi, former Angel? The they experimented with switch hitting earlier in his minor league career with mixed results. The first game he tried it in the big leagues was a smashing success. A home run off of Toronto lefty Anthony Kay on July 26th. Choi launched the blast, estimated at 429 feet. It went 110 miles an hour, a combo he never reached left-handed. Choi made only 12 plate appearances as a righty. He went 3 for 11 with a walk before deciding he was better off concentrating on just hitting as a lefty. So, it looks like he will stay as just a left-handed hitter. uh One other. Th- little side note here. I thought this was a really cool thing. World series game Four hero, Brett Phillips. Remember that big hit? Well, he earned $40,000 in 2020 between charity video game events and public appearances. He donated that money to a series of nonprofit and charitable organizations throughout the Tampa Bay area where he was born and still lives. So a great story on Brett Phillips. Uh, That was, gosh, what a great big hit that was in that game. Uh, Against the Dodgers. I was screaming during that. My last and final team are going to look at are the up and coming Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays are stacked. Their lineup center fielder, George Springer, second baseman or shortstop, Marcus Simeon, Bo Bichette, second baser, shortstop, Tiascar Hernandez in left field, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at DH. Cavan Biggio at second base, Lords Guriel Jr. in left field, Rowdy Talez in first base and Danny Jansen at catcher. You notice anything on here? Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Cavan Biggio. Three guys. Three sons of uh you know their fathers played in the majors just a little little ways back. Dante Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero and Craig Biggio. Pretty cool. Three guys on the same team. Anyway, Toronto's lineup is, is deadly. Um, they are going to score a lot of runs, and they're going to have a lot of home runs. My concern for the Toronto Blue Jays is their rotation. They do have Hung Jin Ryu. After that, it's a lot of question marks. Robbie Ray, he could, be, uh, he could throw a no-hitter one day, walk nine the next day. Nate Pearson, Tanner Rourke, and then Ross Stripling. Their bullpen has been redone. They have Steven Matz from the New York Mets. He came over. He can also start. Tyler Chatwood, he's another one. Could start. Could be bullpen. Uh, Julian Merriweather, Shun Yamaguchi, Ryan Baruki, Rafael Delis, Jordan Romano, and they brought over San Diego Padre closer Kirby Yates. Yeah, even when it comes to Kirby, he was the best closer in baseball two years ago. It's going to come down to um, how healthy he is if he's ready to even go on opening day. He's great when he's healthy. We'll have to see how healthy he is. So I'm a little concerned with the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen. Not not the biggest fan of that. I also forgot to mention, back to the lineup, the uh, bench players for the Toronto uh, Blue Jays. Reese McGuire, Santiago Espinel. Jonathan Davis and Randall Gritchick. And by the way, I always bring this up when I bring up Randall Gritchick. We're going to give you a did you know moment here. But did you know that Randall Gritchick was drafted by the Angels in the first round before the Angels drafted Mike Trout, which also was in the first round? A lot of people don't know that. Well, Randall Gritchick is still around and he is now playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs or maybe he's playing for the Toronto Blue Jays because the Toronto Maple Leafs play in hockey. I got to really get out of this hockey mode for the show. (laughs) Um, The Blue Jays were at their most productive in 2020 during the sixth inning when they scored a total of 69 runs. Five times they scored five or more runs during the frame, topping out at 10 in a 12-7 win over the Yankees on September 7th. Um, so, don't mess around with the Toronto Blue Jays in the sixth inning. Um, but they also had wasted outs. Uh, the fine line between aggressive and reckless base running is one the Blue Jays struggled with throughout the 2020 season, as evidenced by their 25 outs on the bases. That was third most in the majors. There were times when bad decision making was the culprit, even uh, enough so that it became a frequent post game talking point. So, they're hoping that last year's pain is this year's gain. So that is the Toronto Maple uh Toronto I keep saying Maple Leafs my goodness the Toronto uh, Blue Jays uh season preview. We're going to keep these season previews pretty uh pretty much at like 4 to 5 minute segments for each team until we get to the California teams. Once we get to the California teams, we're going to really really break down the California teams and probably spend about a good 15 to 20 minutes on each team. Uh, But until we get there, I want to still get through all the other teams, break them down. So tomorrow on our next episode coming on Friday, we're going to talk about the uh, NL East and we should get through the AL and NL central as well on our next episode. And then the following episode, we will, we will break down the Western divisions and focus on our, on our California teams and then make the 2021 final predictions. I really, really hope you enjoyed this first podcast. I'm keeping it a little bit short today. Most of our podcast will be between an hour, and an hour and a half today was just kind of a kind of break you in, let you know a little bit of what we're going to be doing uh, again. I uh, look forward to our special guest on our Friday episode and we're going to start sharing some stories of uh, our, of the past time of the great past past time of the game of baseball and uh, again, please share your stories with us on social media. Would love, love to hear from you. Um, one other, one other thing I'd like to bring up as well. We really, we are, our, our social media following right now, to be quite honest with you, isn't great. We, we, our listenership is up. We're, we're definitely getting a lot of listeners and the, the platforms are building, which is really, really exciting but I wanna be interactive with you guys on social media, especially on Twitter. So after you hear the show, if you can go on to Twitter, give me a follow. I'm at Podcaster Bobby B. Pretty easy, at Podcaster Bobby B. Give me a follow. We'll start doing sports trivia. Once we get enough followers, I might start giving away some tickets to games, might start giving away some baseball cards. We. We collect a ton of those. We have a ton of baseball cards. Um, if you're an Instagram user, come give me a follow at a T D that stands for around the diamond with Bobby B again, a T D with Bobby B. And again, we'll, we'll interact with you on social media or I will interact with you on social media. And, um, There's going to be times throughout the season where I have tickets for Dodgers, Angels, or Padre games that I won't be able to attend. And maybe we can do some fun trivia and give away a pair of tickets for people to be able to go enjoy themselves at a baseball game. So, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening through this whole show. Thank you for joining joining me on the new podcast. Hopefully, by the next podcast, I won't say us, and I will be saying I will be acting like the solo man I am on this show (laughs) and uh, for those of you who love to hear Big J Big J will definitely make some appearances on my podcast I can't do this without Big J so he will be around and from time to time we will have him on he is still going to be doing the editing and all the cuts and adding all the music for this wonderful new podcast Around the Diamond again thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening and joining me today and I will see you guys back bright and early on Friday morning as we continue our baseball journey through the central, through the, uh, a- the, uh, NL East and the NL NAL central divisions. Have a great day and God bless.